Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to this afternoon session. Uh, there certainly has been some really interesting and useful sessions today. Um, I'd just like to start off by thanking Agri Insider and all the corporate partners in helping us bring this ecosystem together for this today. It's, it's been uh, really, really very uh, informational for everybody. Uh, so first up today, we'll be hearing from uh, Kirsten Miller, president of GIA Farm Technologies North America. Kirsten will be talking about adapting technologies to established agribusinesses. GIA, of course, are a world leader in uh, dairy technology business, and Kirsten has been leading that uh, GIA Farm Technologies for the last few years. Um, and I'm sure she'll have some great insights for us today. Uh, Kristen, um, I'll hand over to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate the introduction. As you mentioned, I'm currently the president of GIA Farm Technologies for North America. And GIA specializes in uh, the technology for food and beverage processing. But my division in particular focuses on providing milking robots and automation, digitalization, and smart solutions so that we can provide you know, some great solutions to maximize operation and milk quality. So now if we go to all about the data, um, prior to GIA, I was the CEO for an early startup technology company and we targeted hospitality with really what was considered then cutting edge technology to decrease energy usage while increasing the guest experience. So we specialized, I'm gonna go in internet of things and deploying it devices, big data management, supporting um, managed software as a service or MSAS, installing equipment and maintaining it. So, um, and, and prior to that, I was a managing director at Siemens. So I work with Fortune 500 or Fortune 50 companies. And what we did is we collected, connected their plants and locations with meters and sensors to provide energy and water usage data uh, for locations across the globe. So what we did with that data is that we provided remote, anal remote analysis of the sites recommendations about how to improve performance. And then we wrap those solutions up into a financial package similar to what you might see for a PPA solar agreement. So I just wanna tell you, I've worked with a number of company structures. So I've owned my own business, really entrepreneurial. I've worked for Fortune 500 companies, a couple multinational ones, early stage startups and family owned enterprises. So I sort of scan the spectrum, but what I think you know, I, I want to make sure we're we talk about is that we're going to acknowledge that the digital transformation is truly a game changer in almost every industry I've been in. So I just want to start with a, a simple question. I want you to close your eyes and say, what would life really look like if, if we weren't in this digital age? Can you remember? What I would say is I can't really remember, right? I mean, we've been doing this a long time in lots of industries. You can just look to your own personal usage and see your cell phones, right? So if you um, talk about digital transformation, to me, it's the integration of using lots of digital technology into all areas of your business. And you're gonna fundamentally revamp the way you operate and deliver your value to the customers. And again, that's what we did not only at Siemens, but also in the last company I was with. It requires radical rethinking about how your organization is gonna use technology and people and processes because you're fundamentally changing the way the business is gonna perform. So to me, the data are really interesting but what gets me excited is the actions around that data 
And that's what I think have been critical to the last few companies I've been with to their success. So if we talk about the integration of our partners um, and, and move to the next slide, I'd like to share my experience with what we did to integrate with these partners. And I'm going to use an example that I'm sure everyone can relate to, and that's staying in a hotel. And then I'll tie it back to um, the agricultural business. So listen, we work with multiple partners to create the seamless guest experience. We used information or data captured by a whole host of companies, but it was siloed. And the trick was how to organize this information, understand what you needed, and, and to then begin analyzing the data, doing predictive maintenance and, and providing insights into other organizations or into the hotels or with the guests. But we needed to do that by working with other companies. So I'd like to chat a little bit about these partners. So the hotel has a system like CRM that houses lots of customer data and data profiles. There's a reservation system that indicates the room's been rented or, or not and the guest has been checked in. There's facial recognition software that belongs to another company. There's door locks, which is another firm, radio and TV, which is controlled by two other groups. And then there's our relationship with Microsoft, which was important because most of the partners we integrated with in my last company worked with Microsoft because it was easier to go Azure cloud to Azure cloud. Now it may be a little bit easier given some of the platforms are kind of expanding to connect with one another. Now, several of these companies were very large and they were well-established. And I kind of heard a little bit of that in the last session. You know, you have the big players with lots of procedures who know who and how you're going to access that data. And for the most part, they're very reliable, but they're less flexible than when you work with a smaller partner. Now, we also work with smaller companies. And again, quick, nimble, more flexible. However, some of those companies we work with went out of business. Um, not all of the companies held the same values that we did. And the financing, reputation, and relationships that we had with these groups were really key to our success. You have to find a partner that you trust will perform what they're supposed to in order to meet your contractual requirements because it's not fun when that partner bows out and you, you're now left with a hole in your platform. And you also need to make sure that they're going to treat the data in a professional manner. So as we move to the guest journey, which is depicted here on this slide, it illustrates that the data and the information is organized in order to ensure this, I'm going to go transparent guest experience. And one that the hotel can use all the information uh, that's being provided. And what I would tell you is behind the scenes, complicated and maybe a little messy, but to the end user, which is the hotel or the guest, the interfaces were streamlined and simple, which allowed us to be more successful. So let's walk through this experience, right? You're on a fabulous holiday. You walk up to the hotel, into the lobby, to the nearest kiosk, which has a tablet. There's a facial recognition program on the tablet. It greets you, it checks you in, it calls the elevator, and the elevator's programmed to take you directly to your floor. And in your guest profile, so that's like a CRM system, you indicate what temperature you want the HVA unit to be set at, how the drapes should be positioned, favorite TV channel along with preferred music. 
So you walk down the hallway, you approach the door and you wave your key to unlock the door. When you enter, you see a, what we call an initial scene setting, which is where the room is set for the most attractive presentation. The drapes are open and the TV's on with your favorite soccer team playing and some light classical music playing in the background. It's a frosty 68 degrees, which is about 20 degrees uh, Celsius, and the room is just the way you like it. And in the back office, the engineering team is aware of any issues with devices and gateways or failures for any kind of communication within the system because we've created rules to determine if there are any errors and alerts are sent to the staff to correct, hopefully correcting the problem before the guest notices. And that was a real critical factor for us because when the guest complains, the hotel has to comp the room. So some big money if you're paying five or $10,000 for this five-star experience. Now in this room, there's over 150 wireless devices that communicate through a multi-protocol gateway that sends the data directly to the, directly to the cloud. It required that we integrated with multiple partners, as I just demonstrated, in order to create this five-star experience. Now, each company is sharing information with one another in order to be able to provide this experience, so well integrated. Now, the question is, how does this work for the hotel? Well, the hotel pays for the devices and the installation, and each company bills a portion to the hotel, and the hotel signs a service agreement with each of us. And for us, it was a managed service agreement, which I have to tell you was a new concept to the hotel business, but it, it became accepted. And we, were, we monitored remotely on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, depending on what the hotel wanted. So we had technicians sitting on our end watching the systems, suggested how to improve performance and the guest, and the guest experience. Now, we utilized all the data being collected, not only from our devices, but also from um, our partners. So the goal of hotel owners, much like farmers or producers, is to reduce labor and operating costs while improving performance or the guest experience. Sound familiar? Listen, agriculture isn't the only industry struggling to find labor and retain them. Now, again, I use this example in the hotel business because I think everyone on the phone can relate to that. However, the same process can be applied to many different aspects in the agricultural business. So in GIA, we've started down this digital path. We're collecting information from a number of sources. And trust me, there is a lot of data out there. The trick to me is how you provide insight to that customer and not just the data. At GIA, we need to tell them where there's a problem or there might be a problem and what they need to do in order to remedy the situation. This is how we become relevant as uh, suppliers to the agricultural business. Now, we're making progress at GIA, but using just the equipment and cow production information is not enough to assist the farmer or the producer to run their overall business most effectively. As I see it, like in hospitality, the future of this industry is to use a variety of data sources and partners because no one can own all of that information to get a comprehensive view of the farm to allow the farmer um, or the producer to run their business better. So let's look at some data available on the farm right now. But again, it's owned by a variety of companies. And that to me means the data are siloed. 
So as you look at this farmer journey, you can see that you have some foundational data around the environment and the overall animal welfare. And that's really key to the farm. That information is currently collected again by a number of companies. Now at the barn level, you have herd management, feed information, barn equipment or barn environments, manure handling. And again, all really important to the success of the farm, but they're managed by separate companies with data sitting in separate silos. Then you have the milking parlor, which has a number of important processes that need to be monitored or, or, adjust, or adjusted to improve uh, or provide great performance. These processes include chemical management and mixing, the milking process and the wash cycle. And obviously this is where GIA is currently focused because this is where most of our equipment is. And then you have storage and refrigeration, which is the, the milk storage is monitored and the refrigeration loop is provided and watched carefully. And the wash cycle, which is another critical process, also has data available to it. And finally, you have a product that's delivered, processed, and the quality levels are monitored. Listen, it's a complex process with a lot of players, and it would be really helpful to the dairy farmers to have this holistic view of the, the data on the farm, which requires a lot of players to become integrated and work together. And what I know from experience, this is not an easy task. There's already a huge amount of data being collected but there's no one seamless platform for the dairy farmers. So I just wanted to also mention, there's a few trends in automation that you're going to find interesting that you're also going to need to pay attention to. So if you um, move to the next slide, you have the adoption of, uh, I'm gonna go uh, the industrial internet of things or industry 4.0. This is where smart sensors have been deployed at the edge to start collecting relevant um, and, and previously inaccessible information. This trend's been underway, I'm gonna go for probably 10 or 15 years since my time at Siemens. And it is leading to new levels of productivity and efficiency, which needs to be brought to um, or more pronounced in agriculture. Now, as systems and devices become more connected, we all know that there's an increase in cybersecurity risk. I mean, you just need to turn on the television to hear the news about all the cybersecurity attacks. Everyone is gonna be forced to address these vulnerabilities in their process and invest in cybersecurity to make sure that uh, their systems are safe. Now, operations are going to be a critical piece for this information or a source of information, but let's remember that the collection of data is just one piece to the puzzle and perhaps the first one, but producers and farmers are gonna to have to implement systems that allow you to collect and organize and analyze all of that information in order to act on it. And in my opinion, the companies that can help the farmer or producer do this will have a real competitive differentiator or value. Now, as the automation becomes more widespread, there's gonna be a need for more open architecture. And you're gonna see large industry players start working with industry organizations industry organizations to produce some standard document and open documentation that makes it just a little bit easier to integrate while improving product compatibility. So to me, the, all the new technology that's around us is really driving some value into the agricultural business. 
Future technology developments and the use of data are going to transform the structure of the ag business value chain. And as a result, food systems are going to be more productive, efficient, sustainable, inclusive, transparent, and resilient. And the use of new technology is going to be necessary in order to move the world's agriculture to a more productive path. So I'd like to thank you this, for meeting with me. I'm going to go this morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on where you were. And I'd be happy to take any questions. Kristen, thank you very much for that. Um, certainly very enlightening. Um, one, one initial thought I have, I completely agree with you on, on trying to amalgamate um, data for, for farmers and really give them more value adds for decision-making on farm is very, very important. Where do you see that data um, sitting and, and how do you encourage uh, companies to actually hand over um, data that they would see as giving them a competitive advantage potentially in, in, in some of the data they are generating? Yeah, well, I don't think that you're going to see... Um, uh, firms are definitely going to think that they've got some competitive advantage. Again, what I think you need to do is find partners that you want to integrate with, that you trust with, and that you're willing to share your information because one plus one equals three or four. Um, and what you need to do is try and find those partners to create that kind of um, integration. Um, you're right. A lot of people feel like this is their data. Know that the, the individual data doesn't belong to the companies, it belongs to the end users. So they have the right to do with their data what they like. Um, it's the insights that come from that data that perhaps belong to the company. But if you utilize more information, you provide the farmer with far more um, insights. And how do you think then, um we can all help farmers come to terms with, with all the digital content that they now need to, to, to analyze and view as part of their daily job. You know, where, where they might've been reading a paper once a week, 25 years ago, now they actually have you know, seven different apps and they're, they're being bombarded with data and KPIs all of the time. How do we, how do we upskill uh, farmers nearly to become uh, as much a, of a data scientist as they, as they are a farmer? Well, if you're a supplier to the agricultural business, I think that it's our job as a supplier to not be bombarding them with all of the data, which I, unfortunately I'd say Gia probably has done um, in the past. We're working very feverishly instead to provide dashboards and insights as opposed to having them have to sort through the data. We're all on data overload, right? I mean, we're overwhelmed with the amount of information. I don't want to go through multiple spreadsheets and three or four different systems in order to see what I have to do in order to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> in order to modify the equipment or do something with the cow in order to have it perform better. I want the system to provide me the insight right up front. Um, and, I, and, and I think that it's our responsibility to start doing that to, so that the, as you said, the farmers aren't becoming data scientists. They're doing what they know how to do best, which is run their farm. Yeah. And are you, is Guy now looking at any critical data points that might've been overlooked uh, previously, you know, with, with, with new sensors and new technologies? Like, are you, uh, is, is your viewpoint on data changing or are you, as you mentioned, kind of really just focusing in on, on the uh, key aspects that, that could be relevant to a decision-making process in a farm? Um, I'm, I'm sorry, would, I'm not sure I understand your so question. So are you, um, 
over the last uh, five years, have you changed your viewpoints on any of the critical data points that you're actually looking at? Um, uh, you, you might have previously overlooked them before. Um, so what I would tell you is there's a lot of different sensors and new technology out there that and meters that allow you to capture more and more data. So I'll, what I would tell you is my view hasn't changed on that, but some of the products that we use in order to capture that is certainly different. Um, my view on do we have enough information um, in some cases when we're running the robots and some of the production equipment, we for sure have more data than we could ever use. And on the hygiene side, um, we're always looking to get better and smarter and faster about how that usage is um, because they're in remote sites and we want to be able to have access to that information. So I think we're seeing new technology applied there. Um, you, you mentioned remote sites there. Um, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of people who put hardware on farms would say it's probably the harshest environment that you can imagine to, to put hardware. Um, and, and we're also talking about using um, technologies from different industries and bringing them into farm. How challenging is that being uh, for you? You know, when, when, you're, when you're looking at bringing these technologies that might work really well in a, in a, in a factory environment that's, that's you know, close to communications and can be monitored and managed very easily and suddenly they're in a very harsh environment in, in a farm situation. How, how does VIA cope with that? Well, it, it, it depends on which devices you're using, right? So some of the things like the, uh, the, the, the level setting and temperatures and pH know that we're using those um, devices that we're finding in other, I'm gonna go harsh industries, oil and gas, some of those that have already kind of been field tested. And so those are the places that we're looking for some of those meters and sensors, but you're right, it is a very tough environment um, and you need to make sure that you test them so that the equipment and the sensors last long and stay calibrated correctly. In my experience, no matter how much you test them, once you, once you let a group of farmers at them, something else is going to happen. <laughs> Perhaps that's very true. <laughs> um, just having a quick talk then about cybersecurity. It's, it's a very big topic of conversation here in Ireland at the moment as our health system was hacked um, about two months ago. Um, how are you coping with that? And is that evolving very quickly? It's, it, seems to be a, it seems to be an ever-changing um, uh, risk now at the moment, cybersecurity. Uh, there's no doubt that it's an ever-changing um, component. Um, and we are working diligently to make sure any of the devices we put in um, meets our cybersecurity requirements. Um, you can see that it doesn't matter what industry you're in. People seem to try and find a way, correct? So um, again, you've got a lot of help when if you work with someone like Majure, uh, Azure, Microsoft or uh, Amazon uh, once it's inside the cloud, but it's that piece from farm to cloud that you need to be careful about mm -hmm. along with the devices that you're choosing. Those devices have to now start being very concerned about how to protect against cybersecurity and building those um, controls in right at the beginning. And just coming back out and looking at it from just a very, very macro level, um, what do you see as the biggest challenge facing tech adoption on farm? Um, I think uh, you, you only gave me one, but I'll probably give you a couple. So one of them is the connectivity and two is uh, the willingness uh, to share data amongst one another. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that that's particular to just agriculture. I think as you alluded to with your first question, you know, how do you get people willing to share information? 
it, it does begin with a trust and a partnership. And as you start seeing it in the benefits, um, it, it, it becomes safer to do. And when you take into account, um, you know, changing consumer preferences and trends and, and indeed climate change, how do you think that's going to affect you as, uh, you know, technology utilization going forward? Is, um, is, is, there any, is there any trends, I suppose, that you, that you can see you're going to need to, to adopt new technology in order to, 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 to help with any of those trends that I mentioned? Well, I, I think there's a lot of talk about trying to reduce energy, um, reduce water usage, and the and, and do better nutrient management around manure, um, all to be around sustainability. And so there's gonna need to be a focus on how you go about doing that. Okay. Um, we're coming nearly to the end. Um, so I suppose looking at, do you see uh, much, do you see tech adoption um, in different regions, I, I know you, I know you're looking after North America, but I'm sure you've you've a good eye right across the globe. Do you see big changes in, in tech adoption in, in various different regions, and do you see uh, you know Western the Western world leading the way, or are you seeing similar tech adoption right across the world? Um, I think I'm seeing some pretty similar tech adoption, at least in this industry across the world. Um, as equal. Uh, Europe may have a little bit of an edge over the rest of us, which is a little unusual. I, I might say, I, I might expect North America to be leading, but it feels like we're trailing a little bit. Um, but I am seeing a great push towards what else can we do? Uh, what, can, what can you bring to the organization or to the farms um, here in North America, which is what I'm responsible for? And we've increased that pace of adoption. I've been here about 18 months. I've seen it dramatically increase in the 18 months that I've been here. Okay. Kristen, thank you very much for your insights today. Um, and I'd just like to mention to everybody that if uh, they go on to AWS, uh, um, are giving out a, a 300 euro voucher if they go on to AWS's um, exhibition stand here today as well. Kristen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me.